0: Hello, and welcome back to Second Operator, the podcast dedicated to portable synthesizers and DAWless music. I am your host, Shines. We are moving things right along here. This is episode five already. There's already been such a variety of musicians from our community here. We've talked to modular artists, sound healers, game developers. It's been incredible to hear all these different types of music and hear all of your stories and your backgrounds. I'm very humbled and really thankful that of us uh, can gather in this way a very quick channel update we are now officially on both apple podcasts and spotify as more people are tuning in on various platforms i am hoping this community can grow even larger and keep growing to infinity we'll see uh speaking of community i will be making a special appearance at the meet and bleep synth meetup in raleigh north carolina this friday i'll be playing a set off my op1 and we'll have a chance to meet you all in person if you can make it out i might even be handing out some cool uh stickers there speaking of stickers we do have a patreon page up and all tiers will actually receive a second operator sticker sent directly to your door it's gonna be a cool reminder of the community that you're helping to build uh seriously this podcast currently doesn't have any sponsorship or anything so it really is up to you and your listenership and support that will keep us growing Today, we've got an exciting interview with Lupin the Verb, who has just visited uh, Japan with his OP1 field. As a Tokyo native, I can't think of a better country to visit. And as an OP1 user, I can't think of a better instrument to bring along for that journey. We're going to get in-depth about his trip right after the news. First things first, kicking off the news for this week, Super Booth 2023 is going to be starting next week it takes place in berlin it's a three-day apparently very family friendly ordeal um it happens each year we're gonna have a bunch of exhibitors from around the world showing there uh this year i believe make noise is going to be um making an appearance there which is pretty cool we're hoping to see some amazing new reveals in the dallas music space i'm really hoping to see some cool new synthesizers, uh, hopefully some cool new desktop synthesizers appear and, uh, we'll be reporting on that, uh, next week or whenever those new, uh, whenever those news items start popping up. And honestly, I really do hope to visit Berlin one of these years for, um, the actual event. I think it'd be just really fun to take the podcast out there, go, uh, international and, uh, talk to some of the folks out in Berlin. It'd be really, really awesome. Um, Other than that, it's actually kind of a slow news week. There haven't been a whole lot of big reveals, no new synthesizers or, you know, uh, much going on there. There was an interesting little story about a Korg synthesizer conversion kit. This is by a company called Tall Dog Electronics. They make Eurorack modules along with a couple accessories for them, but apparently they have a Kickstarter up for a desktop conversion kit for 3 of korg's recent synthesizers i believe it's the wave state the mod wave and the op6 so if you're fans of those synthesizers and also fans of small desktop synthesizers you'll soon be able to buy a kit from tall dog electronics um, that will let you i guess saw the keys off of these synthesizers and create tiny very small desktop versions of those synthesizers. So really interesting. Um, apparently each kit comes with everything you need to convert your keyboard into a desktop module. So, um, I'm not sure if there's a hacksaw in there or not, but whatever the case, that's pretty exciting to see. It's always exciting to see more desktop module synthesizers kind of come out here. Apparently the conversion takes about 30 minutes and, um, requires no soldering. So We'll see how that goes. That's honestly all the news I have for this week. Everything else I am looking forward to for next week. When that super booth starts and we start getting some of those stories in about new synthesizers, let's keep our fingers crossed for some OP1 contenders, maybe some uh, recording units, Um, whatever the case, I am super duper excited to report on that as the news unfolds. We're going to move right along to our interview. Let's go ahead and give our guest, Loopin the Verb, a very warm welcome onto the podcast. Lupin the Verb is an OP1 artist and a world traveler hailing from the San Francisco Bay Area. He comes at us live right now. How are you doing? You are live.
1: Doing well. How about yourself? Doing. How are my levels?
0: Oh, your levels are perfect. Thank you so much for, um, you know, for taking the time to check the levels and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. How was your day so far? Pretty chill. Pretty awesome. Chill. Good. 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 Yeah, it's kind of the afternoon for you and uh, on the west coast here. It's kind of already. It's already almost um, my son's bedtime right now, so <laughs> it's a little later in the day. But it's nice to um, get a glimpse of uh, you know. Get a glimpse back in time, as it, as it were. <laughs> Love to time travel. Yeah. Now, you're coming in loud and clear, man. Um, so let's go ahead and just get started here. Um. Do you mind giving us a brief introduction about you? What Tell us where you're from, your background in music, and how you got to uh, to where you are now.
1: Um, my name's Mac. I'm from the Bay Area. Um, music and I have not always been on equal terms. When I was in second grade, I played the trombone and they kicked me out of class cuz i sucked and i really loved it and it was super down oh, but no. and then i slid into chorus and they said you're tone deaf so <laughs> at a young age i knew music really wasn't for me and it t- it took a long time to get here to where i could have fun with it i guess and just do something worth hearing again um <laughs> But as far as like the the Dallas game, yeah. I, I had done hip hop production for a long time in Ableton and some other software. Oh, nice! And eventually, I started to want to make beats for them, and I couldn't really do it, and it sucked. And I had various friends who were good musicians come over and help me teach me, you know, bars structure. I had already been in hip hop for a while before I really understood bars. Nice. I was just doing some chaotic. Outsider music and by bars,
0: yeah, by bars you mean like putting like an arrangement together in a doll or something correct. like that, right? correct
1: Which once I understood the math of like what drums were supposed to be, that was like a, a huge aha moment for me. um And then I got Ableton Push Two and just started making a lot of beats on that. um But I live on the computer. I'm a nerd. I game on the computer. I work on the computer. So eventually, I just kind of got burnt out. I was like, you know, I'm on the computer too much already for mm-hmm. everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, I started commuting to San Francisco on the ferry. So I got a VOCA sample as just a, okay, I can load samples on this and like just be hands off. And like that's the moment the gas started. You know, <laughs> I, I think I saw an OP one right after oh, that. Oh,
0: man. What is it about I, those Volkas, man? They are—they are the gateway drug for, really are. for so many of us. Yeah, wow.
1: The, but, the fact yes. that I was putting samples through the phone using like data streams—that just took me back to like hacking with the tone dialer.
0: Oh my god! And
1: I love that. So then I, I started working with a guy who had an OP1 and was like, uh, "You're ready." And I got one and there's been no looking back ever since. It's just, it's my favorite piece of gear by a mile.
0: Wow. What, what one would you say this was?
1: Probably, I don't know, five years ago, roughly. Okay. Wow. So
0: you've been an OP1 dude for five years.
1: Yeah. I, I've weathered, my old one is beat up. You know, there's, if you hit stop, there's a good chance it's going to hit stop three times. Oh my If gosh. you lift something, it may not ever paste it again. <laughs> but it's great and i love it and when i bought the field i was like i'll just get rid of this one and then i had two in the same room oh, man. and i felt i felt like this guy Stizo i follow i was like well no wonder he has four like i get that now
0: <laughs> you want the big stack of them that you can all kind of inter intersample sample and stuff right it's
1: amazing has it's amazing. um has your
0: op1 and your um vocal sample ever you know done anything oh definitely together? nice definitely.
1: Lots right. of tracks with the sample. I eventually kind of grew out of the sample because of how long it took to get new samples on it. Wow. Like otherwise, I got no beef with it. It's great. But having used an app mm-hmm. and you know, you can only it's it's harder than the 202 in some ways where you have to really have a finite tiny sample. And I do a lot of stuff with loops. So cool. they just I can get one sample on the Volca now and that's all I got. So then it becomes a one-trick pony. It's a great piece of gear. I have the Volca drums. I use a lot more. Oh, nice.
0: Nice. My only Volca has ever been the, um, I don't know if you can see it behind me. It's the Volca Modular. That was kind cool. of like my gateway into, you know, patching and tweaking and all that kind of fun stuff. But I've they're never, awesome. They are really just fun little devices. I mean, for most of the Dallas community out there, I always see a bunch of Volcas. You know, some of them have the whole Stizo thing going with like 20 Volcas in front of them on like a nice wooden <laughs> whatever. But um, dude, that's really cool. Like, I, I think your story of getting into Dallas is very similar to many of ours where we're just kind of sick of using our computers. You know, we've been staring at screens all day anyway. It just might be it's just kind of nice to get into more of that tactile, you know, you hit a knob and you can if, you can immediately hear something change in your ears. Um, I think as far as like songwriting goes, um, I think that definitely goes hand in hand, do you do much um, recording of your Dallas stuff? Like say through a, like a tape recorder or, you know, stuff like that.
1: Yeah. You name it, man. Um, various walkmans. Wow. So whenever I like go mm-hmm. somewhere, I try to bring some gear to like capture the essence. Nice. And early COVID I did a mid COVID. I did a road trip with my girlfriend uh, to Oregon and I recorded everything onto a walkman there wow. and then dumped it to the computer um, the last road trip we we went to Texas. I had everything running on battery power and I got a Tascam X8, so I was recording digitally. Wow. Better better in my head than it turned out, to be honest. I sat on the album for like six months and I was like, oh wait, it doesn't suck. I'll finish it. <laughs> um I'd much prefer to record analog though, even like a micro cassette. Like just get yeah. get the project onto tape at some point if if anything get the original sample on tape and then go from there but as long as it's hit tape at some point I feel like I'm doing it right which is like my own criteria no one told me to do that
0: I love it man i I mean I'm almost tempted to get myself a small tape recorder as well um like right now I'm using a little zoom unit that's you know you throw an SD card on there and it can record you know stereo audio you name it it can record it but um something about recording the tape where you can like when you screw something up you have to rewind it there's kind of like a staticiness to it yes um i had a walkman when i was i guess like 6 years old that was like one of my favorite toys in the 90s growing up love it and um i would make little uh vocal loops like not really loops but just like little vocal things and i would take the tape out put the tape put that tape in a boombox nearby a new tape in and kind of like layer it sounded terrible but like I could sort of layer vocals and like do some kind of like you know chorusy kind it's of stuff um like
1: a ghetto for track I yeah
0: it. it was like the most ghetto I and mean, it really sounded awful but um but honestly it was so much fun and I feel like you know things like op1 getting back into like tape recording and you know Dallas music where you're not capable of seeing your tracks in front of you and cutting and splicing individual parts out. I, I really feel like that, um, that captures something more. I think, you know, there, there's a certain kind of like an electric nervousness that kind of comes up when you know, the tape is running. Cause you're just like, damn, I need to, I really need to like try harder or something. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it really, the performance (laughs) that it captures, I think is really, really good. Um, I always. And there, there, yeah, yeah. there can be
1: happy accidents with there that There can too, be happy. Exactly,
0: or, exactly. Um, not, I mean, yeah. a
1: lot of it's trash, and you'll delete it. But you know, <laughs> you you hit play on the wrong sample, yeah. and it worked better than the sample you meant to use. Exactly.
0: There. Yeah. I mean, our. Um. So, so you mentioned you've made albums using like the tapes and stuff like that. Are any of those available to uh, listen to?
1: Yeah, everything's up on whatever streaming you use, because I, I use District, so it just shoots it everywhere, and then nice. I have uh, Bandcamp as a catch-all oh that's so awesome search loop in the verb one word hits there everywhere Perfect.
0: so we can find you on spotify apple music um totally. there's like 30 40 different music streaming services out it's there now, insane, right? yeah, yeah it's crazy and they like send you an it, email right like every time you get a new one
1: <laughs> every friend is on something different too so i stopped i just said whatever you use it's there
0: nice i love it but yeah i've actually been perusing your Bandcamp uh recently mm-hmm. and that cool um you know there there's i think it's the op1 album that's on there currently is that is that what that two, is
1: two full op1 albums and in japan i've definitely laid all the tracks for the third and when i say op1 like no other gears used it's wow. just op1
0: dang so even and, for and, like i try to aspect, not, yeah
1: yeah i try to basically do nothing in ableton it's just running through ableton to get the files Wow. Uh, worst case i'll put like a, a, a gentle something. yeah a gentle limiter right but if i did it right i don't have to oh, that's crazy that's crazy. i don't like using the album record on lp1 that's like one of the few things i never touched it just i never i don't think it ever sounds good for some reason it always sounds a or little I, different doesn't it yeah from from if the way I you hear it on the tape rip out mm-hmm. the four tracks yes and then throw them into ableton i'm happy every time oh nice that's that's a
0: really smart way to do it. So the way you use your OP one tape is you lay the entire track down. You're not using loops there.
1: Uh, uh yeah. Mostly it's the full track. Wow. But that's so true. you you can finish it from loops too. I've done both, but I okay. try to lay more than Mary. Right. Because then I'm basically doing nothing in Ableton. That's the goal. Oh, that's
0: Yeah. That way you don't have to like copy paste or do anything crazy like yeah. that. Interesting. And we'll actually take a um. We're gonna take a listen to some of your tracks here in just a little bit. Um your beats and stuff are really it's really really cool but now when i go and listen to it it's it's going to f- it's going to sound different just cuz i know um that you're kind of laying the entire thing down at once instead of using like yeah. loops and stuff like that so that's that's yeah. going to be really really interesting so the way you use the the tape is you do you just like make one big track then delete it and then start again yeah, oh,
1: yeah pretty so much or but yeah. that's what's so great about mm-hmm. the field is you have multiple tapes now right so right you have i, I can think, lock six, things six different tapes yeah.
0: if i'm not mistaken
1: and they all sound different like for the whole japan trip i just used the mini disc one nice. I, that, that was like the clean sound i wanted cool i used like the porta studio one a lot too though. okay
0: that's like the more um what do you call it like scratchy kind of Pro yeah, real sound. to real, real to real sound. So we're going to talk about Japan in just a second. Um, but you do mention you do travel a lot. Is this like a a yearly thing, an every every chance you get kind of thing? You're traveling.
1: I don't feel like mm-hmm. I travel that much, but I have been lately. Historically, I don't. Japan is my first trip out of the country ever. Um, really? But I always try oh, to why? bring gear. Okay. Whenever I go somewhere, so it's like I want to capture the essence every vacation, weekend trip, I'm like trying to bring gear, something to be like, what's the vibe here? And if I don't bring gear, I'm just field recording on my phone or with a Walkman just to get something out of that for later.
0: Wow. So you must have like a bunch of tapes just kind of lying around with a bunch of um, like field recordings, ambience and stuff. (laughs) That's so cool. Well, that's, I mean, that's obviously going to make, you know, um, give me another kind of thing to listen to in, in some of your music as well. Um, that's really awesome. So I, I did not know that Japan was the first trip out of the country for you. I I had assumed yeah. through your videos and through your Instagram, because I've seen your gear in so many different landscapes now. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've definitely seen your stuff that you do at your home studio with your Dallas set up and all your Volkas and your, um, you know, your 202s and stuff. But, um, I always just thought like, you know, maybe, maybe this is Iceland. Maybe this is like some <laughs> other part of the country, you know, but, um, that's really, really cool. So, can you tell the, us a the, little? Yeah, go ahead. The,
1: the Bay Area is pretty varied, so there's a lot of landscapes. That makes sense. That makes I sense. I can hit from here. That can look pretty different.
0: Wow. So I was looking at just wine country then. <laughs> With the, I, I saw these like green hills, and I'm like, this has got to be Ireland.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Unfortunately, you know, not.
0: That's, uh, but I mean, it'll happen eventually. Like, I can't wait for sure. more countries that you visit that you can then kind of capture in that sound but um can you tell us a bit about how the japan trip came up what inspired it did you go with friends um how did how did this whole thing happen
1: so when i was a kid i was definitely an otaku i think they'd call themselves a weeb now but otaku is what we were then nice so i always wanted to go to japan i took japanese as like my elective language through high school at the college wow Um, do
0: you remember any i'm sure you had to use some
1: choto yeah i mean (laughs) i mean my japanese sucks it's just like it is really the longer it went from using it to like it's just like and what i remember in slang versus honorifics like a real weird mismatch you're just like this is not a good way to be talking so you you know sumi masen is my friend gomenasai honestly probably the the two I said the most. And then yeah. on, onigashimasu. Onigashimasu.
0: That's those, those three you will, and then being able to point at various food menus, like that will get you through the entire country. Um, but that's crazy. So so you've always been wanting to go to Japan. So then why Finally. why now?
1: So I always was like, I'm going to go to Japan. And I, I drive a Toyota Corolla. It's called a Hachiroku. It's a drift car. And I always wanted to go to buy a second one and bring it home. So, I like just kept waiting for an impossible trip to never happen. So then I just realized I just needed to go have fun. And that's really how the trip materialized. Uh, My girlfriend really wanted to go. We were planning it before the pandemic, Mm -hmm. obviously, didn't go then. Right. right. It opened back up. We're like, this is the opportunity. Let's do it. (sighs) And we both were able to take 15 days off of work. So that made it really nice. Beautiful. That is a nice long trip. That's what, three weeks? it's little yeah more than two it was just right oh and then we came goodness. back on a weekend to get clean of jet lag yeah
0: oh, how's how's that been going fine is that like, okay
1: pretty much done at this point okay that's good, good.
0: <laughs> i've always been told drink lots of water and take long walks you know i don't know if that works um if you have a kid no, nothing works <laughs> if you have a baby they they will stay jet lagged for like a month it's crazy and like their night and days i mean that's what happened to you your night and day gets flipped around for a little while you start just crashing at like 11 a.m you know it really it is it is pretty rough but i think um for i think for a lot of us the excitement of going there like you have you definitely have a lot less jet lag getting into the country than you do coming back home when you're like i gotta go to work again and uh, you know but um can you tell me all the different places that you visited? I mean I'm sure, like I saw you saw you on the bullet train, the Shinkansen, a couple I, times. Um, so you landed in Tokyo, I'm presuming?
1: Yeah, we landed in Narita, and nice. we went straight to Shinjuku and <laughs> kicked it there for a few you days. Said, day one, Shinjuku. And wow. Okay. <laughs> I I have never been anywhere with that many people. Like that was a culture shock for me. Wow. And I was like jet lag and out of it and it was wild though. I mean I had a I had a great time. And then the next day we went to Akabahara, I got to play some old games and just I went to Super Potato. I collect vintage video games. So that's like yeah, heaven that for vintage video games.
0: Electric town is what they would call it, yeah. Is just if you do um video games, photography. Actually if you're like a um what do you call it? Like an electrician type, like if you like tinkering with breadboards and stuff, I mean you will find some just the mecca of that is there in Akihabara. I, I was
1: looking, yeah. I was looking for old Walkmans and <sighs> I surpri- I found surprisingly few and there was one, I was like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to find a better one. And I didn't buy it. And The whole trip. I was like, you should have oh, bought that. I bought that one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I came back from Japan with no cassette players at all. Surprisingly. Interesting. Well,
0: there's always next time. Yeah, for sure. Right? I mean, um, I'm planning my trip back because uh, it's where I'm originally from. My family is there. And so I'm kind of planning my trip back there at the end of October. And I'm looking up a bunch of uh, vintage uh, camera shops. There's actually a yes. vintage synthesizer store or not vintage, but it's like a used synthesizer store in, um, I think it's Shibuya or maybe it's actually Shinjuku. Um, I'm ter- a terrible host. I don't remember. But um, <laughs> I'll have to send you their info. So if you ever do go back, um, yeah. you can check these guys ah. out. But they have Oh, uh, just
1: everything, you know. So, Dude, yeah, yeah. I, I'd love to. I, I have a list of the the few I looked up and didn't make it to all of them, so I'll send them to you as well. Cool.
0: So you started in Tokyo, and then I, I take it you you went down south, or where, did, where yep. did you go next?
1: So, so from there, we had our first Shinkansen ride, nice. which is just an amazing place. Like the whole idea of bringing the OP one was to like make beats on that, because for me, public transportation is where you make beats. Like, I, compl- I completely <laughs> agree.
0: It's uh, long <laughs> airplane trips um, and bullet train. Yeah. Abso- yeah. Absolutely. And so yeah.
1: it, it's, it's like a nice experience. It'll be quiet and yep. pretty. And it, it was all those things. So we we took that down to Hakone. and oh, you went to Hakone. Like, right away, it was like a breath of fresh air to be away from people. It's, yep. it's, it's the inverse of Tokyo in every way. Yep. You're just trees with no one. And. I just, you know, right away got to the hotel and started making a beat. It was, like, the perfect vibe. Um, and then from Hakone, we went to Kyoto, nice. which is kind of, like, the perfect blend of both. Yep. You know, like, there's still people, but not as many, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of history. It was, so like, much history, yeah. a really good vibe. I, mm-hmm. One of the days, we walk 30,000 steps in Kyoto, which is just, like, I'll walk that much in a month.
0: Dang. Yeah, we really don't walk here in the states, but in Japan, dude, it is like wear good shoes because dude. you will walk everywhere. Yeah, thirty thousand. I mean that that is that's actually pretty high, I would say. For um, you know, obviously you were like doing sightseeing and stuff like that, but it's not uncommon to to have like the fifteen thousand step days and stuff in Japan. Um, that's crazy though. I take it you saw yeah, like a bunch well. of shrines, temples, um. Yeah, I think, I think so
1: we did uh, <laughs> Pushimi and Ari. Okay, that I was about
0: it. to mention, because that's mm. the place with all of those big red Tori gates going all the way into the mountains. That, I think, is... Um, I think my wife and I did 28,000 steps that day. I mean, it was a... It was oh. it was in, intense. Um, not for the faint of heart. I mean, obviously, you can go to the the first level or whatever, and, and you can take your pictures, but if you really want to get, you know, to the top and get that view of the city... um that's that that's you, you gotta you gotta put the hike in <laughs> yeah
1: we, we, we got to the top and then you, you walk through like the cemetery and there's like a bunch of power lines or whatever yep. and you watch the sunset there oh, it was it was man. pretty dope
0: that is incredible wow and of course <laughs> at the foot of the shrine you have a bunch of like food stalls and you know omiyage the uh souvenir shops and stuff like that i'm wondering did you have any of the stuff down at the bottom
1: I think we got there when we came down. It was too late. I was oh, like, oh, I intend amazing. to hit that. Yeah. But Damn. by sunset, they were closing. So oh, no, man, I did have yeah. a couple shrine foods. I'm trying to think of what I had. It's not coming to mind right now. Okay. I, and, and after that, we went to Osaka and I ate nice. a lot more sh- street food there.
0: Oh, dude, that is awesome. I, I think because Kyoto and Osaka are very close together. um i actually just just one little segue i I think we just became the first podcast to have the word shrine foods um in it um if i can get that on a t-shirt or like a sticker or something um that would be dope but um sorry segue over so you're in also we
1: uh, we, we kept joking about it being shrine time when we were gonna go hit another shrine oh my god
0: I need that on a T-shirt, actually. I don't know. That might offend someone in Japan. <laughs> Shrine time. I mean it. No, I know. I know. Jinja <laughs> time. Yeah, man. So you you went to Osaka next. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're very close together. Osaka, I would say it's it's much more of a metropolitan city. It's futuristic. Um, yeah, I mean, what did you guys do around um, Osaka?
1: We stayed near Dotonbori. Dattenbury. Oh. Okay. Uh, I'm trying. That's okay. Um <laughs> and that really reminded me of like Fisherman's Wharf where it was like a tourist trap which is, it was cool but sense. there was also just like if you've been to a big city you know this vibe. Right.
0: Yeah, it's funny you mention um Fisherman's Wharf. I mean that that's like where you'll see the most tourists right in yeah. San Francisco. And I'm pretty sure like the like some of the other places in Osaka you go and it is a bunch of tourists because you know, Japan's open now and apparently they pull in like 3 trillion yen a year from tourism and you know, they've really been missing it. Um, but they just, their, their policies of closing the nation during COVID was, they were so strict. Um, like my wife had to apply for a visa, even though we're married uh, just to enter the country. And wow. um, yeah it was it was it was insane man just like covid times like i wasn't able to see my family there for about three four years yeah it was it was crazy but um uh, yeah dude but hey it's open now so all the listeners out there like go to go to japan like take your op1s and go
1: (laughs) it was a blast yeah
0: um so after Osaka, whereabouts did you guys go after that
1: and that that was pretty much
0: it. We That's as far south. Okay, cool, cool, cool. We
1: shot up to Tokyo nice. and spent uh, our last day. We stayed in Tokyo Station. So if we had done it right, we didn't need to go outside the whole day. Um, we did walk like 100 feet outside to find the front of the hotel because nice. it's so confusing. <laughs> but we, we spent, you know, you get off the Shinkansen, checked into the hotel, and then we just like... Went shopping and nice. we were ten stories up in a department store, oh. and still hadn't left the station. And then we had some drinks, went back to the room, came back and had dinner, and just the whole night we were in the station, just drinking highballs with salarymen. It was pretty good. That's
0: that, yeah, that, that that's that's on par. <laughs> that that is exactly what you highballs are very popular in Japan. Um, that and actually canned gin and tonics. It's kind of yeah. weird. You can find so many things in vending machines and cans in Japan. But um as soon as the country found out, hey, gin and tonics are less fattening than highballs, everyone <laughs> has started going to these gin and tonics there. I, I, I don't get it. I don't know why. It's, there's kind of a thing with that. Um Japan has such good beer, um, good yeah. food. Yeah. So I was gonna ask, like, you know, what was your favorite favorite thing that you ate um in <sighs> Japan?
1: hard to say i definitely had the best curry in my life Mm. there and and it was like just chicken katsu nothing fancy but the curry i just did i love japanese curry and i had never had anything that close and that amazing um i had a top three ramen bowl that just happened to be vegan and sukomen oh which was just like that was fun and different um you know that the, some of the weird foods i had the yen pancake filled with mozzarella cheese have you seen that i one? don't
0: think i have seen so that before like, but yeah
1: it's shaped like a yen coin and it's filled with cheese that was like donbury street food yeah, that's
0: that. pretty cool actually you will find some pretty interesting like experiments like that you yeah. know cheese a lot of custard chocolate stuff um actually that sounds pretty good
1: i <laughs> might have to try that the, the best takoyaki of my life oh, i my mean God, I, yeah. and i grew up eating a yeah. lot of japanese yeah. food like i've i've had most things and yeah. still yeah i mean like, okay honestly like correct
0: yeah when, when i um when i did some workout in uh in, in san francisco um that was one of the first things i was looking for was like where is the good ramen where's the good sushi where's the good japanese food and, and it was very authentic you know just just over there here in north carolina it is you gotta you gotta travel dude to like really there i mean to find good ramen here there's there's one more restaurant that i haven't really tried here in greensboro where i live and um appa- according to to some of my japanese friends it is the best so i'm i'm like all right i'm i'm holding out for that but honestly i've it it, it has been very difficult i think to find the the really authentic you know rich creamy flavors of um of japan so you know, I've been trying to learn how to make some of these dishes myself. Um, I feel like I make a pretty mean curry. Um, nice. Did Did you by chance have okonomiyaki when you were in Japan?
1: That was the only thing I didn't have, and oh, I, I'm man. down. I just, okay. it just never worked. Okay.
0: out. Okay. Well, put put that on your bucket list or for your next yeah. trip there, because I mean, it's if I could describe it, it's a, it's a, it's a pancake. It's a savory cabbage and bacon and chicken, and whatever the hell else you want <laughs> in it, pancake, that you put on a griddle, you flip it over, and if you're you're sort of foreign-leaning, they will flip it for you, don't worry. <laughs> in fact, they will look at you, and they'll just be like, don't touch this, I got this. And they'll flip it, and they will just cover it in the sauce, and the, the bonito flakes, and um, and then you eat it. And it is, uh, it's insanity. So yeah, if you get a chance, definitely, um, definitely try that
1: (laughs) i I want it yeah i want it
0: um so okay so let me let me segue to some some more i guess music minded questions because i could absolutely nerd about japan nerd out about japan forever um but how has japan the trip itself changed the music that you create or
1: has it well well initially (laughs) while while i was there Mm -hmm. i was sampling a ton of stuff from japan Nice. Like, I was on the train, and it, like, was hitting the, the plates where it was, like, very arrhythmic, like... <laughs> yeah. So I took that and, like, kind of destroyed that and made that my bass on the track. Um, I took another one where it was, like two dudes were like kind of in the front of the train talking but no one else is because it's a japanese train you're supposed to be quiet right but these these guys were talking so interesting i recorded them with the vocoder and then played along to my drums just the live mic vocoder
0: (laughs) are you serious
1: which wait (laughs) it it works super well oh my god is this track up on your instagram it's one, of, it's definitely one of, probably the last one of me on the plane, I was like really throwing things out and that has the people talking and the Shinkansen.
0: Wow. All right. I'm actually going to download that right now to then put on this show, kind of swap it out with one of the other ch- more chill ones that you had. Cause um, I feel sure. like we've talked this one up and I think the listeners need to hear that cause that is insane. So you actually had your OP1 field out on the uh, the train. Oh yeah. How was totally. the reception to that? Did people kind of look at you like?
1: Uh, oh, weird. They, everyone <laughs> thinks thinks you're like hacking the planet until they realize that it might be music. It's just and you're a not keyboard.
0: Letting... Yeah. It's like a little music but, device. I
1: mean, you could be like hacking cell signals. Like if you think about like, oh, if you're just doing bad with that, it looks scary initially. Interesting. You know, I, I, I've had flight attendants like give me the double take. And then, like, I'll kind of, like, do, like, a DJ scratching or, like, music, you know? Yeah. Like, So, yeah, this one. Oh, my God. All right. And you'll hear the Shinkansen click in wow. at some point. Man. Um, like, walking through Shinjuku, like, in yep. front of the station there, there's all these people set up to just jam, you know? Like, pop singers or various weirdo A lot musics. of
0: busking there. Right, right exactly
1: yeah. um i saw a bunch of cool like electronic gear people setting up and taking down but i never actually oh, heard them like but i heard a lot music. of guitars yep and i would just hit record on my phone as i'm passing by and like those end up you know i used one of those as like a snare in a track um sometimes the melody like other friends have taught me their what they do when field recording, and I've, that's really rubbed off on me. So I'm just like, get it. We we yeah. were in a quiet spot and heard the cicadas, and I thought a Neon Genesis. Oh, so I was like, oh God, wow, because. We don't have those in the video. We really so don't. To, to yeah. me, yeah, that's an anime. Thing. No, they, they, they,
0: they, Um, for lack of a better way of describing it, they really do speak a different language there. The cicadas. I mean, there's a different type of cry, I guess, that they use, right? I mean, yeah, no, the sounds are so different. Did you? Okay, so you, you're hearing all these sounds. Did you hear any um any other unique sounds? I know there's a you know like the five five o'clock bell is quite unique to Japan. Um. Did you do anything with that?
1: No, but I did hear that, and that tripped me out. Isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah, I was
1: like, oh, it's like is this a uh, missile warning? (laughs) No, okay, good.
0: Missile warnings would be a lot scarier. (laughs) I I, I would, I would imagine. But yeah, this one's just a really. I think it's broadcast from all the public schools around the area. Um, another another weird sound. I'm, I'm just wondering if you heard it. Is um, it, it's the roasted potato truck, the yakimo truck? It's a truck that comes around. Wow. They're bacon potatoes in there. I guess it's kind of rare. Last time I was there last uh, September, I actually didn't hear one at all, even though they were kind of in season. But um, but yeah, is like it kind of
1: like an ice cream truck.
0: It's like an ice but- cream truck, but like there's a dude singing this song oh, wow yeah um it's the yakimo song and it's just like you know kids hear that they're like oh man i'm gonna go get some some roasted potatoes from this truck it's like it's like a sweet yam and um it is absolutely delicious but um awesome. but yeah for, uh, everything that i know about japan there's just a lot of music in the air um, Dude, a lot of they, songs um, sounds. yeah yeah
1: each train station how it has its own jingle. Yep. Like that is mind blowing to me. Yep. <laughs> and I probably tried 50 times on that trip to sample one of those. I mean, I know I could go online and just get them, but I wanted my no, sample. And own. every time yeah. the announcer's talking over it, like the few times I heard it clean was when I wasn't recording. Wow! Uh,
0: oh, damn.
1: So many, like each station has a different jingle. They're yeah. so good. All of
0: them. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, well, dude I got your um, vocoder track the one that's you playing your op1 field on the airplane I'm gonna go ahead and swap out one of the music uh, tracks from this I had I had two of them kind of pulled up one was um, a little more intense the other one was a little more chill let me pop out the chill one and let me go ahead and put this video in there and let's give that a listen does it have a name no cool I like it untitled
1: Nothing's ever finished on Instagram posts. Any name that's there is never the final one. That makes sense. Call it what you will.
0: Cool. All right. Well, let's give it a listen right here, right now on Second Operator.
1: The second part is like when the Shinkansen turns on. It's a it's a wild thing. That was wow. the that that trip was the first time I experimented with live vocoder where I just turn it on and whatever the ambience is, play something. And see what you can capture. And yeah. It was surprisingly cool. That is super I, cool. Yeah. I can't sing. I know you can. You have a good voice. <laughs> well, I can't. Like the vocoder I have no business using in anything but something weird like that. <laughs>
0: I think getting experimental with a vocoder, honestly, is. I'm I'm really glad that teenage engineering has kind of given us, you know, given whoever has these devices, you know, a vocoder to mess around with because um, it it's really fun to, to kind of see it experimented with in this way. And I'll, I'm gonna have to give that track another listen, um, to c- kind of really hone in on that sound because I definitely heard some kind of it's almost like a static texture behind the yeah. beat, which the beat is is so fat by the way that is that is absolutely pumping but um definitely want to give it a listen i don't know if i can pull out any words for, of conversation no. but.
1: i don't think you will <laughs> I've, I've, yeah I've, I've, I've um i brought the tone down too okay so i mean rarely I'm, does yeah, my pitch stay the same when i'm sampling rocks yeah. it's just that also feels like cheating you have to mangle it in some way
0: i love it they're probably saying something like, you know, we should probably be quiet on this train anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what they're, what they're actually saying, but that is <laughs> like, I don't want to I don't want to be a to anyone. But um, that is super, super cool. Um, You know, on the I have the original OP one still Um, not still, but, you know, forever. I'm going to have this thing forever as long as it as long as it doesn't break. Um, and every be careful now and then, with those keys. Yeah, be careful with the keys, yeah. <laughs> every now and then, what I'll do is I will throw on a, um. they call them the LFOs, or like the, they're really just effectors you know, various effectors, you have tremolo effects, you have all these different things you can do to your sound, but one of them is actually affected by the microphone. So you can do like, kind of like, if you rub your finger across the microphone, you can almost create like scratching kind of sounds. But um, every now and then I'll just kind of turn that microphone on and you won't hear what the microphone is hearing. It will just subtly affect the tone of what you're playing. So if I have like a sequencer running or whatever, you'll just kind of all of a sudden hear weird you know, weird volume rising. The effects kind of get weirder, and in reality, it's probably because like my kids like knocking over my lamps or you know breaking some some of my my uh, hard-earned uh, synthesizers somewhere. Um, but yeah, no, I I really think that you know experimenting with these devices that have microphones attached to their you know sound generators like that's the whole name of the game, especially if you're out and about. You know i mean op1 field it's got the word field in the name so honestly super super duper cool
1: i want to try what you just suggested that's yeah that's yeah, yeah
0: do it do it like you mm. just go in the lfo section and set it to just whatever part of the effect or the actual sound generator that you want and um go listen to the birds outside or you know yeah put it go near your traffic <laughs> <laughs> Um, Okay, cool. So we're going to listen to another one of your tracks here in just a minute. But um, before we get into that, do you have any advice for someone who is maybe thinking about traveling to Japan? Some of the tips for, you know, setting up your trip? Um, Any do's and don'ts that you and your girlfriend kind of maybe remember?
1: I would say if any of you have dietary requirements, make as many reservations as possible for food. That's a big one. Like, there's not much... In the regular world, I'll wait in line for. Yeah. And in Japan, they be waiting in line. Yeah, it's expected <laughs> to wait in line. It's like a sport
0: for, in Japan. You know, standing really in line. Is, yeah, dude. yeah. It's like, oh, so, I stood in line for eight hours to like, to, to get ten minutes to eat a bowl of ramen. That's all you know, they gave me. It was me.
1: really good. Yeah. <laughs> so make as many resins as possible would make your life easier. Solid Otherwise, advice. Just yeah go with the flow. Nice. Don't try to do it all. Like I yeah. think I pulled back on like there's no way I'm going to see everything I want. Like I didn't see the Gundam statue. <laughs> I know that that would have been awesome, but I'll get to a dive next time.
0: You'll you'll so, yeah, just, it's cool. It'll 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 hopefully still be there. They they were going to take it down in like 2010 or something like that, but then there was this huge crowd of people that came out in support. So yeah, I think Gundam is here to here to stay.
1: <laughs> So I think those are probably my big ones. Just temporary Dude. expectations and you'll have a great time.
0: I love it. That I think for traveling to any country, just do a small portion of it. You know, don't do um, like a lot of people when they travel through Europe, they do like five countries in four days or something crazy like that. But, um, you know, even though, you know, Japan is obviously not as big, say, as the States, it still is a very vast and diverse nation of just bunch of different things to see and do you know um lots of different cultures a lot of difference in the language that's spoken um so definitely yeah i think that's that's solid advice man for for anyone trying to get to japan let's go ahead and segue onto your next track this is a track i believe was recorded in your ryokan but um if it ends up playing a different track we'll just say that's what i meant to play but let's give it a (laughs) listen now uh right here on second operator we'll be right back in a second Damn, that was
1: beautiful. That was epic. I so that's yeah. again like when I was in Japan, it like made me think of samples I wasn't thinking of at home. Yes. And years ago I made a bunch of stuff sampling Akira soundtrack. Oh and so I was nice. like, okay, I'm gonna go back to that and only pick the songs I didn't use. Cool. And so I just found so more was- chanting. Like, it was definitely, like, a B-side track. It's not, like, Tetsuo going crazy or anything. Sure, sure,
0: sure, sure. But, yeah, there's a, there but is it, a lot of chanting in that the one. Captured yeah. the vibe.
1: That's crazy. But, you know?
0: Okay, and, and where exactly were you in that video just now?
1: Hakone Gora. So, just, like, a town next to Hakone. It's called Gora. Wow.
0: I'll have, to, I'll have to give that a, a visit because that mountain view is just absolutely epic. And that was from, insane. I guess, so like your hotel or your inn? Yeah, that
1: was just right out of the hotel. Wow. You know, we had we had a bath right there. So you just are staring at that view. Like okay. all you do at RioCons yeah. is yeah. like yeah. eat food and take baths, which is <laughs> <laughs> like you're constantly very full and very clean. Like that's, I think that's I did way, five, five or six baths in one day. I've that's never the, had that in my Honestly, life.
0: <laughs> that's kind of what's expected as soon as you set foot in your ryokan they're like okay time for bats and when you get back to your room they've set up the 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 table for your dinner and then yep. as they're taking the table away and setting up your stone for your sleep you're you know once again you're in the bath i mean it's really it's kind of the best living you know it
1: really is <laughs> like i i have low expectations for the ryokan i was like totally mm-hmm. down for the ride but it wasn't something i was hyped about And yeah, yeah. Oh, we went to two different ones. Those were my favorite parts of Japan. God, yes.
0: That's awesome. I mean, the hospitality there is awesome. Um, what did, did it's they fire? Did they feed you the um, like the big, like kaiseki yori, like um, like yeah. all the different
1: plates and stuff? Yes, it it, I, it was at least eight courses. I mean, and <sighs> and she she did like the full like I'm gonna kneel, announce myself, open the door come in nail close the door bring your food it just it was like you don't need to do all that like uh, you could just like be easy with me no it's highly <laughs>
0: highly formalized uh process yeah, there very. I mean if even like pouring the beer and stuff it's very there are very distinct ways of doing those types of things did you eat everything that they gave you? I did. I mean, okay. I was
1: just there. Yeah. The, at the real everything was pretty delicious. Okay, and cool. At like a cocky fry place in Osaka, I remember biting a fish head. I'll never forget. Yes. You know,
0: like that's... I, I will say though, like even as a native to Japan, <sighs> there are some things that they will put in front of you. Like some of the more pickled items that I'm just like, okay, you know, it's... Uh. And then I moved to North Carolina and we pickle everything here. So <laughs> it's, if you like pickles japan Go to carolina. yeah and north carolina like we will pickle it <laughs> oh that's wonderful though i'm really glad that you had such an amazing time there and that it, it inspired your music to change and um some of the beats and stuff that you've been coming out with i mean even just the one that we just heard um it sounded like there was some like backwards kind of reverse stuff in there too like maybe that was some chanting or whatnot yeah so that is super but- duper cool i'm like i, I think yeah. mm-hmm.
1: that one may have also had a neon genesis sample also nice like some sad like shinji yeah. piano and that's then cool. i reversed it like again i was in japan so it was like yeah. just bubbling up like what what's old nerd shit used learn. to be into hell yeah you know? that's
0: yeah it's classics man I mean, it's what it is the older the older stuff from like the 80s and you know the 90s um I mean, there are some things going on now, but I, I could not tell you about any of them. <laughs> I've no. been away from it for so long, but yeah, um, my sister yeah. knows
1: the new animates. I do
0: Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I, well, I just want to say thank you so much for, you know, sharing your music with us and sharing your time and your adventure, your stories uh, with the podcast, man. I mean, obviously you've given us tons of advice for anyone who wants to travel to Japan Um You know, we've gotten some advice on some like beat making and stuff like, you know, definitely pull from your your analog tape recording roots and like get some textures thrown in there. Um, But before we go, I mean, do you have any advice to people that are kind of just getting into the Instagram synthesizer world, anything that you'd want to kind of throw out to
1: them? Like, don't be afraid to ask people questions. Everyone's super helpful. Like, and if they're an asshole, they're just not going to respond to you. So (laughs) don't worry about it. Just ask your questions. I've had so many beat senseis that like have helped me get to the point where I'm like even willing to share something, you know? And I, as I led with, I was kicked out of trombone in second grade. (laughs) I may be the worst musician ever, (laughs) but I'm having a good time and I've like found my lane.
0: Oh, I love that that is absolutely that that's excellent advice i mean and i i do agree i mean just reaching out you know, even reaching out to you i mean it was so you made it so easy to um you know to kind of like yeah well thank you (laughs) to really like get you on the show and like get you sharing stuff so and that's really what this podcast is all about it's about you know getting the community together talking about our Dallas adventures and um really just kind of you know passing a hand down to the next person and just saying hey man you can do it too reach out and be part of this um cool Uh, last question do you have any current projects or any other shout outs that you want to give
1: well, I'll be finishing up this Japan shit I did nice. probably next month or two, maybe sooner. We'll see how that goes. So, no, cool. nothing major. Um, shouts to Brandon at Halftone. He's opening up a new studio for people to practice in. And awesome. we'll be probably doing some meetups where we can make beats. So, in the Bay Area, look for that stuff. Cool.
0: All right, cool. Well, thank you so much, Loop in the Verb, for joining our show today. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you.
1: Shines. It's been great.
0: Dude, thank Thanks, you so man. much. Yeah, and next time you go to Japan, let me know. For sure. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right. You have a good one. Later. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right. You can find Loop in the Verb on Instagram at at sign loopin' the Verb. That is L-O-O-P-I-N n v sorry t oh this is terrible i can't spell today can i it is l o o p i n t h e v e r b looping the verb i believe that is a riff off of looping the third um absolutely i'm getting a thumbs up i absolutely love it (laughs) you've been listening to second operator thank you so much for joining us on our live stream episode five and being part of this amazing community if you want to get in touch with me with any news or community shout outs please connect with me on instagram i am at second dot operator i'm also on twitter at second underscore operator but i um to be very honest but i i barely use that um you can find us also right here on youtube at youtube.com slash at sign second operator and eventually We're going to be on every podcast platform in the universe. I mean, we're already on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the rest of them. We're coming for you. If you would like to support our show and take a real hand in um, getting this show, you know, going further, we are actually on Patreon at patreon.com slash second operator. There's currently two tiers available and both tiers get a cool second operator sticker. So if you're interested, please go check that out. It would mean the world to me if you did. Again, I want to thank everyone everyone for joining us here tonight. Thank you so much. If you've joined the live stream live stream, you are awesome. Thank you for, um, you know, catching this thing live as it gets created. And if you're joining us through audio, thank you. Thank you so much for um, tuning in. Um, I've been shines. I've been your host. Um, If you're coming out to the Raleigh meetup this Friday, we'll see you there. Um, If not, you know, we'll catch you next time. Cheers and have a great rest of your week. Thank you.